All right, if you take God's precious word and turn to the book of Titus. Titus chapter 1. God willing, we'll be expounding verse 5 today. The title of the message is Order in the Church. I couldn't help but think about that as I was studying for this message, uh, especially uh, working at a courthouse like I do. And order in the court. Well, you know what? More than that, we need order in the church. And that's the title of the message this morning. Now, last Sunday morning, we were introduced to a man who was a true pastor that was put in the church by Jesus Christ. And his name was Titus. In verse 4 last week, we were able to listen in as the Apostle Paul, who also was a, another true pastor, spoke to Titus about the care of the church. And we learned about Titus that he assisted Paul in organizing the churches that Paul began as a result of his missionary journeys. And that Paul wrote this letter to ensure that the churches were organized and operating the way God designed. And that only true and qualified pastors were placed in charge of the local assemblies. Now this morning Paul is going to continue to <clears throat> excuse me, admonish Titus about the care of the church. If you look with me in verse 5. <clears throat> telling him. For this cause left I thee in Crete. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your precious word. Thank you for those who came here this morning to listen to it. And I pray your precious Holy Spirit, Father, <clears throat> will fill me and teach through me and feed these precious sheep. In Jesus' name, amen. For this cause, <clears throat> excuse me, the allergies are really, really getting to me. I'm not the man Brother Shepherd is. For this cause left I thee in Crete. Now we need to pay attention to the wording here. Pay special attention. Paul says, for this cause left I thee. I left you. Paul was the apostle of the Gentiles, of the nations. While the other apostles more concentrated on the Jews at home. And so Paul traveled and spread the gospel to these other nations. And although there were other evangelists who traveled with Paul, as Titus did, Paul was the person, being the apostle, who God had placed in charge of this ministry. So as an apostle, Paul had to give an account to God for what went on on these missionary journeys. If God said, Paul, you go here, and Paul said, no, I think it's better off going over here, Paul would have to answer to God for that, you see. And so Paul had to give an account to God, so he was the one that God had given authority to lead these evangelistic missions. Anybody that has responsibility must also have authority. You can't give someone responsibility without them having authority to carry that responsibility out. In the same way, like Brother Shepherd, Brother Shepherd is a deputy. That means he's deputized to carry out certain responsibilities for the sheriff. If the sheriff sent him out, but gave him no authority to carry it out, he couldn't get the job done. In the same way, anyone who has authority has got responsibility. There, it's a balance there. And in the hierarchy of the church, because there is a hierarchy, there is authority. Anytime you have organization, anytime you have order, there has to be a hierarchy of order. 
Okay? And so in the hierarchy of the church, uh, outside the Godhead, the Father, Son, the Holy Ghost, uh, whom the apostles served under, there was no higher authority than that of an apostle. God the Father was over God the Son. Christ, God the Son, was over the apostles. The apostles were over the pastors. The pastors were over the deacons. The deacons were over the carnal ministries of the church. There was a hierarchy of God-given authority. So the apostle Paul told Titus, I left you in Crete. You didn't send me from Crete. I left you in Crete. Paul's companions were the extension of Paul's ministry. They represented Paul to the church. Paul represented Christ to the church. And as an apostle, Paul had a lot of work to do. He was needed in a lot of places. But there was only one Paul to go around. Paul couldn't be in two places at one time. And Paul needed to move on from Crete so he could serve, so he could minister the Lord Jesus Christ in other places such as Nicopolis. So Paul left Titus in Crete to serve and care for the churches in that region under Paul's authority while Paul left to serve in another location. And by this we learn that sometimes teams, partners, groups have to split up to accomplish the work God sent them to do. It's a lot easier having a partner to serve with. It is. And sometimes, though, it's necessary for us to serve alone. Okay? It's a lot easier to serve with a partner. But sometimes it's necessary to serve alone. Sometimes circumstances in life could be ministry demands. It could be death. It could be unfaithfulness on a partner's part or whatever. But whatever the circumstances are, sometimes those circumstances will require you to stand in the ministry that God has called you to by yourself. Sometimes circumstances will require you to shoulder more responsibility and to serve Jesus independent of another person's help or independent of immediate oversight. It's easy to grow accustomed to somebody else always making the tough decisions. It's nice. When you think, well, I'm glad I don't have to figure that out. I'm glad I don't have to be the one responsible for making that decision right there. It's easy to grow accustomed to someone else bearing the burden and, and relying on other people to get the job done. It's nice to show up and everything be done. How many of y'all noticed this morning that these columns are shorter than they were last week? Anyone notice that? You noticed it? You noticed it? Y'all are sharp. How many of y'all didn't notice it? How many of y'all saw them getting switched out? Oh, yeah, see? It's easy just to show up and see something done. You know why these were done? Because the cameras, I guess it made it look like my mother had a, a head full of fern. So I don't know. But they had to be shortened down for our online viewers to be able to see as they needed to. And it's just easy to show up and say, man, that looks nice. 
That looks nice right there. You see? All the the things look nice and and things get done and things are clean. And it's nice to show up and and see the job that other people have done. It's nice to be able to rely on someone to get it done. It's easy to let someone else make those tough decisions. But Paul's absence required Paul's assistant Titus to step up to the plate and serve alone. When you study Scripture, you'll find that God frequently used men to serve as mentors for future leaders. And as they served as mentors, they grew themselves into the position of leadership, the people that were serving them. Joshua was Moses' servant. He, but, but probably unknown to Joshua, he was a leader in training as he was serving. Isn't that neat? But Joshua served Moses before Joshua led Israel into the promised land. Elisha, if you've been coming to Sunday school, Elisha served Elijah before Elisha prophetically led Israel. And Titus served Paul before Titus led the churches in the Christian area. And by this we learn that faithful followers often become future leaders. Faithful Followers often become future leaders. You know what some of the problem is with people? They want to be in charge of something. If you'll remember Moses, Moses tried his best to not be in charge of anything. You remember that? God called Moses. Moses made every excuse in the world. (laughs) But uh, the best leaders are the people who really don't want to lead. They, They really don't care about being in charge they just see a need and they're trying to meet that need. You know what I'm saying? And they, they, they lead out of necessity. Not out of some desire to be in charge of something. Okay? And so uh, that's the way we need to be. Faithful followers often become future leaders. But when you have someone who just wants to be in charge but they don't want to follow... They want people to follow them. They want to be the boss, but they don't want anyone to boss over them. Now you've got a problem. You're, you're probably not going to be a good uh, leader if you're a bad follower. You're probably not. In fact, I know you're not. Because you've got to follow God before people can follow you if you're a true pastor. You've got to be able to follow God before people can follow you. And to follow God, you had to follow the hierarchical authority that God has set up. Titus believed in Paul's ministry. Titus was a faithful servant to Paul for one reason. He was a faithful servant to Jesus Christ. His heart was devoted to the gospel ministry. So Paul could trust Titus to continue to faithfully serve Jesus under Paul's oversight, under Paul's authority, even when Paul wasn't there. Titus was faithful enough to follow Paul So Titus was responsible enough to be left by Paul to do the work alone. How many of y'all have ever managed people before? I mean, managed people. All right. If you've ever managed people, then you know there are some people that you can entrust to do a difficult job. Isn't that right? You know your go-to people. I can trust this person to do a difficult job. And and you can leave that person alone with that job without a care in the world because you know that that person is going to find a way to get that job done. 
They're going to do the job as instructed without having to be supervised, without having to be constantly reminded. Have you got that job done yet? They're not going to need all that. You're just going to give them the job. You're going to leave them alone. And in time, and in a good time, they're going to deliver to you a high-quality finished product, whatever that job is, whether it's service or whether it's a product. But if you've managed people, then you also know that there's other people that aren't so conscientious. Isn't that right? <laughs> if, if, if you leave a difficult job with some people, you may never hear from that person again. Unless you check up on them. Ring, hey, have you got that done yet? Hey, how are you coming on that job right there? And when you do check on the status, if it's a difficult job, and you check on the status of that job you've given them, instead of finding a way to get that job done... They're going to tell you all the reasons why it can't be done. Anyone of y'all ever experienced that with people that manage people? It's frustrating. The only way you would get that job done was if you stayed on top of those type of people. If you did all the thinking for them, you did all the problem solving for them, and then you held those people accountable. And if it's that much trouble, you might as well do it yourself. But Titus was the kind of man that Paul could leave with a difficult job. And... And, and he would know the job would be done right. So whatever your role is in the kingdom of God, you need to be the kind of person, you need to be a Titus. The kind of person you can be left with a job with, and you're going to stay at that job, and you're going to do it right. You need to be the kind of person that people can depend on to get the job done. You need to be the type of person that people don't have to check up on you because they know they're going to hear back from you. They're going to hear back from you. You don't have to wait on them to prod you. A lot of people think, well, if I don't hear back, maybe they'll forget about it. Don't need to be that way. When I was a criminal investigator for the state, my nearest supervisor was 80 miles away. How many of y'all would love to have a supervisor 80 miles away? It was great, man. And I had numerous counties assigned to me. And I went all over the place working unsupervised, by myself, day in and day out. And only going back to my regional headquarters once in a while for special meetings. One of my supervisors said once, I don't worry about Richard. I know wherever he's at, he's working. And that's the kind of employee we need to be. That's the kind of servant that we need to be in the kingdom of God. I was telling my wife about someone here at church the other day. I won't mention the person's name. But I told her, I said, if you give that man something to do, he's going to find a way to make it happen. And the job's going to be done right. That's what I told her. If you give that man something to do, he's going to find a way to make it happen. And I know the job's going to be done right. That's the kind of people that keep the church of God going. That gets the mission of the church done. Paul was going to be a lot further away than 80 miles. And there were no telephones. There was no email. (laughs) There was no way other than the letter that we have the benefit of reading right now that Paul had of checking in or sending messengers physically to them. They just didn't have the, the means of communication that we do today. But Titus was the kind of man that would get the job done. I want to be a Titus. God wants you to be.
to be a Titus. Let me tell you, the job Paul gave Titus to do was no easy task. In fact, it was a very difficult task. Paul said, I left you in Crete, Titus, if you'll look back at your text, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting and ordain elders. Look at this now. In every city. That man had a lot of places to go. <laughs> Titus was responsible for training, managing, and organizing. Not one, but several churches in that area where people had come to faith in Christ. That's a big responsibility to have. What a monumental task when you think about it. But Titus was the kind of man that would stick with a job until that job got done. A lot of times when people uh, have big jobs, when you have a big assignment given to you, whether by the church or whatever else, we learn, we learn uh, spiritual as well as uh, carnal applications to this. But a lot of times when people are given a big job, do you know what they do? They get overwhelmed. They think, oh my goodness, that's so big, I don't know where to start, so they don't start at all. Right? You know how you eat an elephant? You remember how you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. One bite at a time. So, oh, I'm sorry, I just couldn't help. I just came in my mind. Sweet Jesus. That's all we need to do for Him. One bite at a time, you know? And so, if you're given a job that seems to be a monumental task, and you think, oh, where am I going to get the time for this? This seems too big. I'm overwhelmed. I don't want to start it at all, because that's what the devil's going to tell you to do. Don't do it. That's not what Titus did. He had a big, big task. But he was the kind of man that stuck with the job till the job got done. He wouldn't give up. Titus wouldn't lose interest. Do you know what Titus would do? He would chip away at the task, little at a time, until that task was finally complete. I remember when I was going through seminary, and uh, I had so many classes to do. And... uh, I thought to myself, well, just one at a time. Don't look at, don't look at the big picture. Just, just do one at a time. And eventually, if you just keep doing it one at a time, eventually it will be done. If you keep doing things faithfully one at a time for God, a little at a time, a little bad at a time, before long, it will get done. I tell you what, if you've ever written a book, that is some hard work. And a lot of times you, you just you think, oh, I don't want to do all that. It's so much work. I'd rather be out in the garden working. I'd rather be watching a program with my wife. I'd rather be exercising. I'd rather be doing something else. But uh, you've got to chip away until the job God gives you to do. Whatever that job is, gets done. That's the kind of people we all need to be as servants of the Lord. The work of God is not accomplished by great men. It's accomplished by faithful men who are dedicated to a great God. I'll repeat that again. Don't think, well, I, I'm not that type of person. I, I don't have those kind of talents. The work of God is not accomplished by great men. It is accomplished by faithful men and faithful women who are simply dedicated to a great God. Be a Titus. Paul said, I left you there, Titus. Look back in your text. That thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting. Now the word wanting here means, doesn't mean desired. It means the things lacking. I want this or that thing. 
Why do I want it? Because I don't have it. If I had it, I wouldn't want it, right? And so we lack it. The Greek word translated, thou shouldest set in order, means to arrange additionally. Not just to arrange initially, but to arrange additionally. Okay? So the idea here is that there was already some basic order that had been established in these churches. For example, they knew, I'm sure, that they were to assemble together on a certain day of the week to worship. They knew that their faith rested on the writings of the Old Testament prophets and the teachings of the New Testament apostles. They knew that the church had a mission to spread the gospel to the rest of the world. There was some kind of order there. Uh, They had some basic order, but the churches in that area were still in their infancy. So there was still some order lacking in those churches. I want you to understand this morning that our God is a God of order. All you have to do is read the creation account in the book of Genesis and you will see the amazing order that God created it in. God took an earth that was without form and void and dark. And in six days, in a certain order, He gave it light And he established order between light and darkness. He established order between water and the dry land, separating it. That was some basic order. And then on the third through the sixth days, God set in order the things that were wanting. (laughs) I'm taking from Paul's words to Titus. And on the third through the sixth days, God set in order the things that were wanting. Establishing a greater in more complex order in the earth, consisting of all manner of creation and establishing a hierarchy over them and rules for them to go by. Our God is a God of order. Thank God He is. That way I know the sun's going to come up in the morning. I know it's going to set in the evening. And when Adam disobeyed God, we have to understand Adam didn't just simply sin. Adam just didn't simply transgress the Word of God. Adam got things out of order. You see? That's what makes sin so bad. That's what makes it so dangerous. Adam got sin out of order on the earth. Out of the God-given order, things were placed in. In 1 Corinthians 14.40, 1 Corinthians 14.40, the Apostle Paul said, Let all things be done decently and in order. When we go against God's Word, we are defying the order that God has established in nature, in the home, in society, and in the church. You see that? When you go against God's Word, you're not just sinning. You're defying the order that God has established. Paul is telling Titus to set things in order in the church because as God has established an order in creation... So he also has established an order in his kingdom, in his church. The whole reason creation is suffering right now is because it's out of order. When Jesus comes back, he's going to put things back in order. The serpent wanted to be God. The man followed the woman in the Garden of Eden. The woman followed the serpent. The children followed their fallen flesh. And nobody was following God. It was out of order. What a mess we're in today. 
Why? Because we have gotten things out of their God-ordained order. Paul said, Titus, I need you to finish putting the churches in their God-given order. Look back in your text. And ordain elders in every city. Why did he need elders in those churches? The elders were part of God's established order for the church. And their job was essentially to ensure that the churches maintain the order that God established for them. That's what my job as a pastor is. What Brother Shepherd's job as a pastor is. That's why we teach you God's word. When we're teaching you God's word. You know what we're doing? We're laying things in order for your life. We're giving you a pattern. My, my mother and grandmother when I was young. They used to go to this uh, particular store. And there would be patterns there that they would buy. And they'd lay the material out. And you could cut around those patterns. And you could sew them according to the instructions. And you would have a dress to wear. Okay? Remember that, Mama? Yep. And uh, I'm sure you do. And so, but, but they were, they're, they're, the patterns were the order. So God's Word is the order for your life, the order for the church, the order for your home. And so when we're teaching it, we're taking patterns to give you. And if you'll follow those patterns, you'll have to be able to sow with your obedience and put together things God wants you to have. The elders were part of God's established order. I want you to to watch the order even in this. God the Father appointed Christ. Christ was appointed to be the Savior. That's what Christ means. So God the Father appointed Christ. Christ appointed the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul appointed Titus. And now Titus was going to appoint Elders or pastors in every church, in every city. God appoints Christ. Christ appoints Paul. Paul appoints Titus. Titus appoints elders. What incredible order here. And the elders led and fed the church according to the instructions they were given, which is what we're still doing today. All of this should be done, Paul says. Look back in the text. As I had appointed thee. In other words, you appoint elders as I've appointed you. Nothing was left up to Titus's imagination, but the order was given to Titus as God had given it to Paul. In the Garden of Eden, we had a serpent who wanted to be God. We had a man following his wife. We had his wife following the serpent. Satan was able to destroy the world simply by getting things out of order. Not long ago, we had some visitors come stay with us a while here at this church. Had to address it. Had too many people asking questions. I tried not to say anything about it. And just let it go on and not have any drama. But we had some visitors that came for a while here at this church. And and one of the first things that they wanted me to know, one of the first things the, the husband wanted me to know, was that his wife was a strong woman. The wife told me, She said, I know you like to have peaceful business meetings, but if I hear something I don't like, I'm going to let you know about it. And uh, I thought, okay. They also want to know if it would be okay for her, for women, to lead prayer in church. And I said, no. Because that's out of the order God's given us. God made men to lead in the church. He made men to lead in society. He put Adam to lead in the garden. And 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 uh, when you get things out of order, 
The Bible says the woman was made for the man, not man for the woman. And the woman was to be his helper. She was the assistant. Man would play the leading role. This is the order, the design God gave. So, Brother Richard, that's sexist. No, it's biblical. I'm sure the angels had a word for it too. If you would have been able to tell the angels, y'all need to keep your place. They would have said, oh my goodness, you're an angel hater. No, I'm a God lover. And I want you to be the angel that God designed you to be. I want you to be the woman God designed you to be. I want you to be the man God designed you to be. Uh, And eventually that woman accosted Brother Shepherd after church one Sunday, criticized his Bible teaching. Question why me and him were compensated for our work as pastors. I want to know why we didn't have a group of people like a, a deacon board or something that oversaw us that we had to answer to. Supervising us. And not only was this woman out of order, but everything she suggested was against the order that God appointed in His Word to the church. Everything. This wasn't a matter of ignorance. It was a matter of stubbornness. By the way, that's not being a strong woman. That's being a stubborn woman. A strong woman's back there. A strong woman's right over there. They're strong to stick with God's Word no matter what anyone says or does, no matter what circumstances come their way. A lot of people look at men who are rebels. And they think, now that's a strong man. No, sir. That's a rebel. A strong man is like Moses. There's someone who's meek. and Who's going to follow the Word of God no matter what anybody else does. And if we... Would, uh, to, to, in order to appease this woman, in order to appease someone, if we tucked our tail to appease people who get upset at us when we follow the Scriptures, then we would be no different than Adam who followed Eve when he ate the forbidden fruit. We'd be no different than Aaron following the people who wanted him to fashion a golden calf. It's out of order. It's not always easy being in order. There's always going to be challenges when you follow the Word of God. There's going to be people who don't like it. But Titus was the kind of man who would be true to the order God had given him. He could place in order the things that were lacking. Oh my goodness, when we think of order... Our flesh wants to fight against it. It wants to rationalize some way how, no, that I know what the Bible says, but I hate hearing someone say that. You say, well, now the scripture says, well, I know it says that, but you know what they're doing? They're going, I don't like that order. Oh, my goodness. I wish to God our First parents in the garden would have kept his order. I wish you could see, one day we will see the world operate the way God intended to be. Everything in the order that God has it to be in. It's going to be absolutely marvelous. Titus was the kind of man who would be true to the order God had given. If, if I had another son, I'm too old for that now, but if I had another son, I think I might name him Titus. But you know what? I may be too old for a son. But I'm not too old to be a role model 
And I'm not too old to have a role model. And for me, Titus is a good role model. And I want to model myself after him. He wasn't trying to stick his neck out and be on top of anything. He wasn't trying to be the main man. He just wanted to be the man God made him to be. And I hope that's what we, by God's grace, will do. Get in the order of Scripture. Follow it. Say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to do whatever the Bible says. And then yield to the order God's given. Bow the knee to that order. And with that, we'll go ahead and close. And God willing, we'll take back up next Sunday. And get back into verse 6. Thank God for order. I was in... uh, I was on a particular floor at work the other day. I hope this isn't too much information. But I need to go to the bathroom. And so I thought, well, when I get up to this particular floor, I'm making my rounds, I'll stop in there, I'll go to the restroom, then I'll go outside and I'll make, make my rounds out there. And I'll go walking in, everything's fine. I go up to that door, and there's a sign on that door. Out of order. I don't like it when things are out of order. Because when things are out of order, they don't work the way they were intended. Let's don't have that sign on our church. Let's don't have it on our hearts. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you today. I thank you so much for your word. I thank you, Lord, that your word, Father, keeps us in check. And if ever, dear God, me and Brother Shepherd were to get outside the lines, the bounds of your word, I pray someone here would lovingly come to us and say, you're out of order, Brother Richard. You're out of order, Brother Shepherd. The Bible says this. But I pray, dear God, that will never need to be done. I pray, Father God, that we'll take your word, every verse of it, every chapter of it, every word of it, Lord, and let it mold our hearts in complete obedience to You. That all things in this church and in our lives and our homes will be done decently and in the order, Father, that You've given us. Unto Your great praise and glory and that the church, the home, and the believer will function as You design. In Christ's precious name, Amen.